this is the Baileys. Yeah, it like smacked onto her leg and I remember we just locked eyes and we were just like, oh, <laughs> you know, mm. the stomach dropped and we were like, oh, no. Climbing season is upon us, so it's time to get stocked up. You know that our fabulous sponsor, Wild Earth, has you covered for all the gear you need to make your adventure dreams come true. Don't forget to keep a lookout when you're there for our other sponsor, Awesome Woodies. They make amazing locally and ethically produced training tools that will help you get real strong at home or at the crag. Before we kick off this episode, I'd just like to preface this by saying I was a little mentally fatigued when we recorded this. Uh, I accidentally put a plastic chopping board in the oven and melted it and could not for the life of me remember that the mountain discussed in this story is called Karura. So uh, just apologizing in advance for the truly tragic mental ineptitudes going on here. And with all that out of the way, let's talk about Izzy Jukes. She and her climbing partner, Rochelle, were climbing at Mount Karura during their descent, though, a rock fall and a sudden injury forced them to problem solve their way out of a bit of a sticky situation. All right. Um, Hello, I am Izzy Dukes. I am, I've been climbing for five years now. Um, I started climbing because I joined the QC Cliffhangers Rock Climbing Club when I started uni in 2016. Um, And yeah, it just like grew from there kind of thing. So I mostly have climbed sport. Um, I only recently got into trad climbing like six months ago or less probably actually. I'm trying to make myself sound better. It's probably only like at the end of last year. Um, but yeah, I've kind of fallen hard for tried climbing. <laughs> so I've been doing a lot of that recently. Um, I never really got into outdoor bouldering either until the end of last year and like that, but I kind of, I'm, I'm more of a like rope climbing person. Hi Izzy. Hi Nicole. How are you doing? Good, good. I'm really happy that you're here. Yeah, me too. Talking about this story because not only is it informative and interesting, but it's also quite fun. Yeah, yeah, for sure. We've already had a good natter, so. We have, yeah, we have. And we had a bit of a disaster in the kitchen, which is uh, another story for another time. (laughs) Or never. Yeah, maybe. That's right. I'll tell lots of people. I just won't say it was you. I think yeah, anyone, who, the dots. anyone who knows me knows I'm terrible in the kitchen. So, <laughs> better suited to the mountains. You will now go and get some pizza trays that are metal. <laughs> That's all I have to say. Anyway, let's talk <laughs> about climbing. Yeah. Um, I've already forgotten the name of the place where this incident Mount took. Karura. Karura, yeah. okay, because I've never been to this spot yeah. and I always forget the name of it. Yeah. Um, so just describe what happened on this particular day. Why did you decide to go to Karura? Um, well, I'd been to Karura a couple of weeks beforehand for the first time, um, with my mate, Max, um, you'd probably know Max, I think. Yeah. 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 Um, and so we went, we just did some of the single pitch routes that are there. Um, there's, there's kind of like a couple of areas, like you get in and you walk around and you can kind of keep going. Um, and we w- walked past this multi that was there and I remember thinking, oh, I really want to go back and do that 
you know, another day. And so I think, um, I think originally I, we actually planned to go with some other people that day and Rachel, um, my friend who I went with, um, she like was keen to go climbing as well. And the other guys I think dropped out. And so we ended up, um, deciding, well, I was kind of keen to go there and do that multi. Cause I was like, oh yeah, I really want to go back and do it. So I kind of, I guess prompted us going there um so yeah we just like headed there it's a two it's I don't know if you know where it is but it's like right near Pomona um so a couple of hours north of Brizzy um and what kind of climbing is it is it all sport climbing it as far as I'm aware it's all sport climbing I mean I wasn't climbing trad at that point so I just didn't have a like eye for it so if there was any trad I would have just like flicked past it on the ground yeah. <laughs> like that's not for me um <laughs> now so I would be like where's the, where's the trad um, yeah. but yeah it's mostly um uh slab climbing um and I don't remember there being a lot of cracks or anything and the rock I mean it's not well trafficked so I remember the rock um in some spots like just thinking about if it was uh, a little bit brittle or not it, I mean mostly it was fine but yeah, I remember there being like lots of little rocks coming off when we'd gone um, the week, couple of weeks before, when there was another party that were kind of knocking little rocks off. Um, That's interesting. Did you do you know if it's a, a new crag or like recently um, developed, or is it just that it's not particularly popular? I think it's just not that popular. I know that the climb that we did was bolted in 2014. I'm not sure about the rest of it. Um, I forgot to like, I don't know. I haven't like gone back and looked, but I think it's just because it's a bit far away and mm. it's slab climbing not everyone's into slab climbing as um, discussed yeah. Yeah. <laughs> um and it's you know I think it's just one of those places where I don't know it's just eventually I think it'll get more traffic just like some other places that like Nindri didn't have a lot of traffic until I feel like the last couple of years like mm. I remember going there and people were kind of like what's Nindri like I don't know mm. what that is um yeah I think it's and just- similar situation as well lots of loose rock yeah which is probably getting I haven't been there for a while but it's probably getting cleaned up now yeah I don't remember like it's not really loose like I don't want to be like oh yeah Karura is like super loose yeah yeah, <laughs> like, yeah. it's um yeah, I just remember there being like a little bit like you just had to think about it a bit more than if you went to up a slider for example yeah sure. you'd definitely be wearing a helmet there well, actually, the guys who were there climbing the week before weren't wearing helmets, and Max and I were kind of like exchanging glances, being like, mm, "They're not wearing helmets." <laughs> <laughs> always, which wear I a do helmet. anywhere. <laughs> anyway, I'm always like, "The person's not wearing a helmet." Oh my god! <laughs> Fair um, enough. Yeah. So, um, talk to me a little bit about your experience level. So, this was uh, July 2020. Yes. Yeah. Is that right? Yeah. 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 So, um. So Rochelle, I actually asked her the other day because I was like, oh, I'm going to like talk about this. Like, do you remember like how many multis you've done? And she was like, oh, I, she just like seconded a few. Um, and I don't think she really led any or if she had, she just like led a pitch maybe. Mm-hmm. So it was kind of like I remember getting there and making sure that she knew how to like top belay and made sure that like she knew what she was doing because I just wasn't sure like – I'd never led, I'd never done a multi with her before. Like we'd done, yeah, she hadn't been leading for too long, probably um, only that year. I hope I haven't said that wrong, but um, COVID happened. So like, yeah, mm. she, she hadn't really been leading for, I guess in comparison to me, I guess. So, um, but yeah, I'd, I'd done plenty of multis. Like, so I, I felt really confident and I was definitely like the more experienced um, person. I was kind of like, you know, leading her through it. But then again, she like, we swung lead. So it was like her first multi where she was like equally you know doing the doing the work so that was kind of exciting and you know it's a grade 21 so it wasn't like 
just to go out and have a like chill time kind of you had to be um know what you're doing unless you wanted to yeah bail off it or something like that so yeah she like she was really good and she she started it so she did like the the first pitch and so it was like yeah straight in yeah, yeah. oh good for her yeah that's amazing that's actually an epic first yeah it real, was you know lead yeah. climbing experience on a multi that's yeah. amazing so tell me a little bit about the route what's it called firstly yeah and what is kind of the style of it yeah so it's called winter rages um so like I said it's a 21 I think it's like 150 meters or something like that um so it's got five pitches and um it's all slab um, so the first pitch is a 19, which is only 15 meters. And then there's a, I was looking this up. So I remember all the, things. <laughs> I, was I, was like, I better like look back and see what it was. I'm going to forget. I was um, getting very impressed. I was like, <laughs> you have like studied <laughs> that guidebook. Um, yeah. The second pitch is a 21. Um, so that's like the crux pitch and it's a 40 meter pitch. So it's quite long. Um, I'm pretty sure it's what it is. Yeah. And then the third one is another 19, 15 meter one. So it's like nice, short, kind of punchy ones. And then you've got this long 17. Oh, maybe the second one's a 30 meter, not a 40 meter. Yeah. And then there's a long 17, which is like a bit windy, traversy. And that's just, um, yeah, 40 meter pitch. And then you've got the last one, which is a 14, nice and chill and short. So it's kind of like, it was really good for us because she did the first, like she did both the 19. So like the shorter, you know, do the crux and get through it. Um, not too long. And I could kind of see her and that kind of thing. So that was really nice. Um, and then I did the two, oh, she did oh yeah, three pitches. I did two, um, in the middle. So yeah, it was really good. It was, um, I actually remembered the other day I was like, oh, that's right. It was kind of wet not on the well actually at the top of the 21 it was kind of wet we didn't know until we got there because um it must have been raining like a week or something before a couple of days before and um it was just seeping at the top so I remember getting up there and it was like there's a bit of a bulge so I couldn't see her and it's like quite a technical slab sustained slab climbing kind of the whole way I remember getting up and being like oh my gosh it just keeps going <laughs> like, uh, and then like getting up to the top where it eases off and it just being wet and I was like oh no no Not I ideal. Like, yeah. yeah get through this and yeah I remember belaying like kind of standing in this water trying to like move to a comfortable not so wet pad. Oh. <laughs> um, but yeah um yeah it's like a pretty it's a pretty cool climb it's um yeah, mostly slabby the whole way. And you said you had noticed a bit of loose rock on the ascent. Yeah, it wasn't actually – We I didn't really particularly notice any loose rock on that climb except for the top of the – so where the rock actually came off, it was um at the top of the fourth pitch. So because it's a traversy route, you're actually abseiling down, not where you climb up. Sure. Um. So, yeah, at that kind of belay station, the fourth belay station, there's a bit of like – it was – it was a bit of a ledge, so there was a bit of loose rock kind of there. So that's the only the real loose rock that I noticed. The rest of it's pretty solid. Mm. Yeah. So I wasn't really worried about like it wasn't something that was really on my mind too much, except for like knocking actual rocks that were sitting on the ledge off. Yeah. Yeah. So because you were the more experienced climber, obviously through I'm assuming you guys met through the uni club where yeah. you have taught a lot of people how yeah. to climb and taken a lot of less experienced people out yeah. climbing and kind of taught them how to do what you need to do. Um, did you kind of have a discussion about anything regarding safety before you went up yeah so we definitely um like I, I definitely climbed a bit of like enough single pitches with her to know that she knew what she was doing lead wise like she was fine it was just that I was I I did go over like how 
to top belay just to make sure I like she knew what she was doing but I just wanted to make sure that she was I always do that with people for the first time I kind of go with them somewhere just because you never know like you never know if someone's yeah. like oh, I know how to do it and then they get up and I'm like wait actually I'm all confused so yeah we did go over that um in terms of other safety stuff we were kind of I guess we were just in communication the whole way like I, I don't really remember talking about like oh so if I fall and hurt myself like this is what's going to happen like we didn't I guess that's not probably a good thing to do with people when you go climbing like always thinking of a plan but yeah it wasn't like something that we talked about other than that I think it was more just like the skills of how to multi-pitch just to make sure that she was all over it even though she'd done it before just as a leader it's a bit different yeah yeah Yeah. and it looked you were just showing me photos before we started recording I mean it looked like an amazing day and it's a beautiful view what was that experience like climbing that route it was really nice actually I I think the biggest thing I remember was actually being really cold (laughs) so um like the view was amazing but I remember getting to the top where we took those photos and just being like frozen because it was in the middle of winter and it was it's all shaded um which is probably why there was no one there (laughs) retrospectively (laughs) looking back but um uh yeah I remember like being like oh yeah like this is a great view but um, I'm really cold so can we like (laughs) um but no the climbing was really good I I do remember um it took me a few goes to get the 21 like the start of the 21 it was um I actually I worked out that I like missed a hold so that made it a bit easier but like I fell a few times and I was like oh am I gonna be able to climb this like I don't know but once I like, got past the start it was it was really nice climbing and you kind of just went in the zone a bit um on the 17 pitch though the um traversy one I do remember like um I've actually spoken I I talked to Zach um Trembath who's the who bolted this um because I kind of met him at the start this year and um I was just telling him about it and um I remember saying like telling him how um on the 17 you kind of go up a bit and you have to there's like yeah there's like really traversy all of a sudden and um I remember starting to climb like across down and then being like oh this feels like a bit hard in the 17 and then like climbing a bit up and then I was looking down I'm like if I fall here I'm gonna like fall onto that ledge kind of down there and I was like oh that's kind of like break your ankle territory I don't don't know how I'm feeling about that and then I kind of it took me like a few goes to do it and I think I like that made me be quite on edge for the rest of that pitch I was kind of like oh you know thinking about that so it wasn't all I think like it was a great day but I was like I wasn't climbing my best I guess so like I was yeah I don't know it was I think from the start or from the middle I was a bit like you know, a bit, yeah, just not in the flow. You were on edge. Yeah, yeah. Yeah. Yeah, it's kind of interesting. I think I wonder if part of it was being cold, um, but I think part of it was just not having climbed that much for a while because, like, it was post-COVID. And so during, like, I can't remember when we got out of COVID, but, um, like, I hadn't climbed during the lockdown or anything like that. Because mm, there was um, a, a 50K radius yeah and I remember we were very disappointed to find that frog was about 55 k's <laughs> so from <sad>. our home <laughs> yeah. So, yeah, I know people definitely were, were like oh if anyone says we'll say we used a different app and it said that it was like yeah <laughs> and like you know I I think for me like I know lots of people who went climbing during that time I I was just of the like just for me like being in the in the leadership position I was I just didn't want to tell everyone you can't climb and then I went and climbed like and mm. I know Lots of people were like, oh, but it's fine. Like, if you can climb, just go climb. But I, yeah, I just chose not to. So I, I think I wasn't like at the top of my 
climbing game anyway on that yeah Yeah. it's like I was getting back into it as well yeah fair enough so what was it like when you topped out so Rochelle climbed the final pitch yeah and topped out which would have been amazing yeah so you kind of I don't remember topping out like on top top I remember I think it's a it felt a bit like I don't know if it's a hanging belay the top but it wasn't like comfortable like let's sit on this like massive top of the not like it's you know the top of some of the Tiburo Maltese where you top out and you're like you know on on a big ledge or something yeah um so yeah I remember getting up there and we were like yeah this is nice and we took a few photos and we're like yeah and then kind of got a bit shivery I think I needed to pee too which I always you know need to do so I was like oh can we just like let's just like go down (laughs) um and that's actually one of the reasons why we similar wrapped down was because we're cold and um I needed to pee so let's get down quickly (laughs) yeah and there's nothing worse than doing like a high risk wee on top of a multi (laughs) and having some other party come up at the bottom and be like hey it's raining all of a sudden (laughs) I have to say I've done a few like tactful weaves at the top of Maltese or in the middle of Maltese before some of them you'd be like what how did you manage that (laughs) always figure it out A but. friend I climbed with in Germany used to call them pilets. Pilets, she I love found that. a good. Oh, you know Francie actually. Oh, yeah. yeah. Calls it a good pilet ledge yeah. if you ever find a spot to do a tactical wee because, gentlemen, <laughs> it is hard to it... wee on a hanging belay when you're a woman. <laughs> it so is. And actually, speaking of Francie, when I was in Spain, we went and did this multi together um, called Valentine's Day. And when we got to the top, yeah, we like. Well, she didn't actually. She held it to the bottom, but we, I did a tactful way at the top. But she didn't call it a. I wish she. I wish she had that with me then. Yeah, <laughs> it's it's good. Um, so so that's why I was curious about that. Mm. Um, so for people who don't know, just describe what simul wrapping is. Yeah. So if you know what like wrap, so it's abseiling, wrapping, abseiling, same, same. Um, so when you like normally abseil, you abseil usually off to because you will thread the rope through so you'll be abseiling down both ropes. But when it's similar wrapping, you're both of you are on either strand. So you're only wrapping on one rope um, and you're kind of more reliant on the other person because if anything happens with them, it's going to affect you. So mm-hmm. like, for example, when you're similar wrapping, um, you need to make sure that when you get to the bottom that you're like communicating so that you'll both come off the rope, wait up take your weight off the rope at the same time because if you don't if one of you stands up then the other person's just going to go down because it's yeah counterweighted so I think that's where um in the general climbing community I I kind of was always um taught that unless you kind of need to do it like it's just better not to because you it's just one of those things where you're kind of risking there's just more at risk I guess yeah um, more at stake and it is one of those things that is risky I mean we know people die doing that yeah most sort of famously recently brad gobright yeah um, famous free solo climber passed away from um doing being in a similar wrapping accident in mexico um and the other guy was was seriously hurt so it is one of those things i think yeah you know people use with caution but like that's a perfect example when you're trying to be quick and efficient yeah of when someone would choose to do it yeah and I, i like you know i think Everyone's kind of like, oh, don't similar wrap unless you need to. But everyone kind of does it all the time because <laughs> it's just so much easier and faster. And you can use a grigri. Um, so people like to do that as well. Yeah, but I think like, oh, I was just going to say like with similar wrapping, you know, those kind of accidents, they probably are accidents that would have happened if they were wrapping themselves because it was, you know, not having a knot in the end of your robe. But I guess the issue with that is that there's two people that 
uh, injured or died instead of one. So I guess, yeah, you, you're so much more reliant and um, I just tied to the other person that anything that happens to them is kind of going to happen to you. Mm-hmm. So, yeah, I think you just do it with people you really trust and make sure that you're talking about or communicating the whole time. Mm-hmm. Um, but, yeah, this was one of those situations where it worked in our favour. Um, it, it was actually kind of pinnacle to us um, getting down. Because the third, sorry, the fourth pitch was so traversy, um, but it's actually quite long as well. It's like a 40-metre pitch. Um, so you're kind of, you're wrapping down actually to the side. And I remembered climbing up. We'd gotten to the top of um, the third pitch and it's a really awkward, this is like the worst belay station of the whole climb. It's like on a bulge and you're hanging there and it's just really uncomfortable. Um, and I remember seeing like when I was about to go, there was a couple of beaners like above me on the next two bolts. And I was like, oh, sweet bell beaners. Like, yeah, I'm going to take this and get it. <laughs> like, yeah. I was really excited and like stoked. I was like, oh, I haven't got any like bell booty in a while. And I got to it and it was like so stuck and it like, would oh. not come off. And I was like, wow, this doesn't make any sense. Like, so what oh. it's there for is when people can't make it to the anchors because right. it's like there's so much stretch to get there because, yeah, that it's a bit off to the side, the the top of the next pitch, and it's really far. So you're like we on a 70-meter, like you're just making it kind of thing on right. rope stretch. And I think, yeah, a lot of people haven't made it all the way down so they've had to go to the next couple of bolts up oh. um, and then either wrap off those, I don't know, I guess they must do, or you could do a sketchy kind of I don't know, but yeah, that clean, that kind clean of kind of thing. thing. Don't I know think, about that on a slab. Though. I think what you, what they probably would have done is just like thread it through both the next two bolts, or like thread it through that, um, the beaner that was on that bolt, and then gone down to the other anchor and then redone it again, or something like that. Mm. Um, but yeah, so it kind of only made sense to me once we were coming down. I was like, oh. <laughs> that makes so much more sense. My brain, I just never like encountered that before. Mm. So yeah, I think mostly like people put. That normally the the anchors are, you know, where you would expect them to be, I guess. Yeah. Um, and actually, Zach did say he was like, "Yeah, I should have moved those like up a bit. <laughs> it would have been a bit easier for people because you know that last pitch was only fifteen meters. It could have just been a bit longer, and the other one a bit shorter. But yeah, anyway, we're at the top of the fourth, and this was the one that um was the kind of the ledgy thing. So there was a bit of like loose rock around and we were like conscious about that when we were coming down. And, you know, I remember like saying, you know, watch out for the rock that we don't knock it. Yeah. When you're coming down, the last pitch is you wrap down it. The second last one, you don't, cause it's a traverse. So you are kind of wrapping down to the side off. Yeah. Not on the climb. And then, um, the next one as well, that 19 was a bit of a traverse. So I don't think we went to those anchors to the side. I think we just went straight down to the next ones to the bottom of the 21 um the top of the 19 and then it was just down so I think yeah it was four it was four wraps to the to the ground um yeah so the uh, it was that bit and then the next bit a part of that wrap was not on the climb but the rest of it is so half of it was half of it wasn't in simple terms <laughs> gotcha. yeah so when uh did things start to go a little bit pear-shaped yeah so they went pear-shaped when um a big rock um uh, so we were like we'd gone over the ledge um, we're kind of hanging in free space a little bit. Like you, you can still touch the rock with your feet, but you're not like right against it at this point. Um, cause the ledge kind of sticks out a little bit. Um, so yeah, we were both going down our own lines and to be honest, like thinking back to it, I don't actually remember if we heard it or if we like, or if she called out or like what happened, but I do remember 
knowing there was something coming down, looking over at her and seeing this like, it was somewhere between like a dinner size plate and, you know, like a side plate size rock, just like smack on her foot. Um, so she was wearing thongs and her thong just like got flicked off. Um, and I remember like looking past it and trying to like just seeing it. And I, and I couldn't see it. It had gone so fast that in the time it took for my eyes to like look at it and then look past, it was already gone. And so it was just like so quick. Um, so what we think happened was that the ropes must have, it just must have like dislodged it. Not, I don't think it was actually sitting on the ledge. I think it was off the side and it was as we were coming down, it just dislodged a bit of rock, um, a flake or something like that. So yeah, it like smacked onto her leg. And I remember we just locked eyes and we were just like, oh. <laughs> you know, mm. the stomach dropped and we were like, oh no. Um, but she is like the most awesome person. And in situations like that, I would not have wanted anyone else. Like, I don't know if other people are really good at dealing with those kind of things, but she just went on like, right, we don't know what's happened. Cause you know, I was kind of like, oh no, like, is it broken? Like, what are we going to do? Um, but yeah, she just like got her full on and kind of put those emotions aside, not think about what's going to happen. We just need to like, you know, do something now. So we kind of took a breath like, um, for a minute. And then I was like, are you, are you okay? Like what's happened? Like, do you know if you're okay? And she was like, I don't know. Cause you know, you get the adrenaline and the shock. And so, yeah, she didn't know if it was broken. She didn't know if it was fine, but she knew that there was like, it was reasonably not good. Yeah. So, and I think another thing probably is like once one bit of rock has fallen, you just don't know what else is going on. Yeah. Up there, right? Yeah, that's true. Actually, I don't know if I remember thinking that too much. I think I was just like, oh, my gosh. <laughs> but that is a very good point. I probably should have thought about more. I mean, we probably had best it. that you didn't. Yeah. <laughs> I mean, I remember her kicking herself and being like, why wasn't I wearing my climbing shoes? Like, if only I had kept my climbing shoes on because um, I think I had my climbing shoes on. And we had this moment where we're like, oh, you know, yeah, like, do you think it – I don't know. We, we were just, like, babbled for a moment and then we're like, right, we need a game plan. Like, what are we going to do? And, um, she didn't know. Yeah. Again, she didn't know like how bad it was. So our priority was just getting to the ground because we wanted to get to the ground before the shock kind of wore, all the adrenaline and shock kind of wore off or it swelled up too much. We just needed to get her down and then we could assess like what we were going to do. Um, if we could walk out or if we need to get help or like what the plan was going to be. So yeah, we were just like, right, game mode, let's get down. Um, but you were similar wrapping and you yeah. had two pitches to go and I guess, like you, you probably didn't know at that point if you were hanging how like how much pressure she would be able to put on her foot, whether yeah. that would affect your ability to get off simul wrap, right? Exactly. I mean, actually simul wrapping, like I said, was the best thing we could have been doing in that situation for the reason that because that pitch was so um, long, like well, because that, that I guess wrap was so close, um, the way we had to do it in the end was that, um, like, I don't think she could have, I, I think if she was wrapping on her own and that had happened, it would have been a whole different ball game. Like, I think, I'm not sure exactly what we would have, what we would have done. I think it would have been, cause you know, she, we really, I, when I went over to the anchor, like I really had to push myself across, like it was quite of way and it was a bit of effort to do it, you know, to get over there with 
you know, both working hands and feet. And so I think for her, like it would have been really hard to do with only one foot and, you know, her not wanting to like aggravate it if it was a really bad injury. She, she wasn't wanting to like put any pressure on her leg at all. So yeah, what we ended up having to do was, um, I attached the end of her rope to me. Well, we lowered down a bit and we kind of assessed cause we're like, Oh, okay. It's going to be really close. Like, um, you know, when we can't just walk over to it. And I knew I couldn't just attach her to me and walk over to it because it's it's really far. So yeah, we're just going to swing back. So, so sorry, just backing up there. Yeah. So you wrapped down and the next abseil was on a ledge. Is that right? So the next abseil wasn't. This was the horrible, like, hanging belay on a bulge. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, so we were going to the worst point. <laughs> I love that, like, the worst belay spot of the whole climb. Um. And yeah, so we were probably like 10 meters away. So, cause we were coming down and it was probably like at least 10 meters away to the, to the right. Um, and so, yeah, she kind of just stopped there and I was like, right, what I could do is attach the end of your rope to me. I'm going to go over, um, to the thing, safety myself in, and then I'll pull you across to me. Um, and she was just going to like keep wrapping down on that line. So that's what we did. Um, it was quite like, quite close and I just managed like you know get myself in I think if I couldn't reach it we would have had to go to the two ones above but it would have been such a muck around mm-hmm. so I'm glad we just managed to make it but it meant when I pulled her into me she actually couldn't make it to the so she I think she had to go up a little bit because well, we're similar wrapping so I think she might have even had to like go up a little bit so that I could get down to it like it was oh no it probably didn't happen like that I think it was just that you know, she was a little bit above me cause I could reach below me to it. Mm. But, um, so yeah, what we decided we'd do is she'd safety in and then I was going to have to wrap off the end of my rope. Oh God. <laughs> that is terrifying. Yeah. Always. I've never done it before. Like, you know, in a situation where it's so stretched like yep. that, you know, you kind of, I think like, you know, I've done it like jokingly at the bottom of the climb being like, what if I just like, it feels so weird to like do that, mm. but never, never actually having to do it. And with the rope under stretch and not when I wasn't just joking around. Um, so I'm assuming you were safety in to yes, the anchor yeah. and then you just wrapping off the end of the rope yeah, so, be- so that you can pull it. Yeah. So the thing was because like she um, couldn't really load her foot, like we didn't know what it was. So I kind of had to cradle her in my arms <laughs> and then like, I, I kind of, I got my legs up high and she was sitting a bit on my knees and yeah, I had to like wrap off and then kind of try and catch her. <laughs> it was very, I mean, not ideal, not ideal in any sense and um, not something I would recommend <laughs> on a daily basis. But it's funny because um, after that happened, um, so I had a fixie, you know, those, I don't know if you've seen the like purple fixie ropes. Um, anyway, it's a type of rope, but it, um, they're quite supple and the ends, they're known to kind of like disconnect the core from the sheath, which I hadn't known oh, that. I think I know what kind yeah, of rope you mean. Cause like yeah. every person I've spoken to who has one of those ropes, it's happened to them. And I'm like, oh man, it wasn't just me. But, um, what happened was, yeah, as I wrapped off the end, cause if there was so much like pressure when it like zinged out of it, it actually, yeah, disconnected the, the sheath from the core at the end so our next wraps were kind of interesting at the the next wrap was kind of interesting at the bottom I had a lot of like um the sheath of the rope was all like fluffy it wasn't fluffy it was more like um I'm trying to think of how you'd explain it like when it it's kind of it, it just wasn't connected like the whole way almost so it was kind of getting bunched up 
Oh, right. And it was, like okay. I couldn't end up rapping very easily oh. at all at the very end of it. Like it was really like weird and I'd never seen anything like it before. And I was like, oh, this sounds, this is not good. Um, but yeah, so that had happened when I wrapped off and like, so yeah, like, like we, yeah, so we pulled the rope um, and then we just proceeded to like keep wrapping as normal as you do the next ones. Um, so yeah, it was two wraps to the ground. And so we worked out a pretty good technique. Um, so, cause I, like I knew how to abseil with a patient if it came to that, but, um, because she had one working leg and, um, and like she was, you know, in good spirits <laughs> as you can be, um, we decided it would be faster if we just simul wrap the whole way. So what we did is just connected her to me with the, um, quick draw. Um, and then I just like held her stable and she kept her knee on the rock and her other, her other leg kind of on the rock. And, um, we were both like wrapping down, but then she, um, yeah, I was kind of like holding her up a little bit and stopping so she her from didn't sliding have to sideways. Put pressure on her, yeah, backboard. right, and also stopping her because if you only have one leg, you're kind of just going to fall over the whole way. So I was kind of like just holding her up so that she wouldn't do that. Um, and yeah, we just connected each other together so that we wouldn't yeah, somehow lose each other. I don't know that you could really, but yeah, so that worked really well, and we got into like pretty good groove by the end. Um, and she worked out like at the top of the first pitch. There's like a little kind of um grassy vegetation-y ledge there um she kind of put a little bit of just was testing out the waters put a little bit of pressure on her foot and she was like okay it's not excruciating so I think like it might be okay like I might be able to hobble my way out of here a little bit like it, yeah so at that point I think the adrenaline was wearing off and we were starting to talk we, we as we were wrapping down we we're talking about what we we're gonna do mm. like when we got to the bottom um because we didn't really even talk about what the walk-in is like yeah. is it a hard approach a little bit um it's not yeah it's kind of it's in two sections so it starts off um uh like on a fire trail it's an up and down ish little fire trail it's not it doesn't like you know it doesn't ascend a lot but it's a little bit rocky and that kind of thing and then the last bit of it the second half is um up this like little goat track kind of thing and the first bit of it you're going up right alongside a barbed wire fence and it's like straight up kind of thing um it's not something that I would ever consider walking along with another person like next, like you just couldn't walk next to each other. Um, and yeah, like, you know, it doesn't get a lot of traffic, so it's quite, quite, um, uh, dirty and slippery kind of thing. And it's, it's not well, it's not like really maintained, like some of like upper slider, the track, you know, it's got a lot of rocks and that kind of thing. It makes it really easy. Um, yeah, so and on the walk in actually, so I'd been there only a couple of weeks before, and since then a tree had like fallen over the, the track as well. Because <laughs> I remember getting there and being like, oh, this tree wasn't there last time. Like on the walk in, we we're like, oh, this is so funny. And we'll just like climb around the tree. And on the way, yeah, when we got there, I was like, oh man, the tree. I forgot about the tree. <laughs> so yeah, we, we decided that if she was going to be able to walk, um, or like at least ish, if she was going to be able to kind of crawl her way out, that the first half, like she was just going to have to do that because I wasn't going to be able to walk alongside her really. The the re- Like if it came down to it, we could probably sort something out, but we were worried it would do more harm than good because I'd probably, like we'd probably both slip over and that kind of thing. So it was getting to that we were like, all right, worst case, like you're going to have to just slide on your butt the whole way out <laughs> um, or at least to the fire track. So, yeah, what we – um. 
what we worked out. I'll, I'll get to how we got out a bit later. I think, um, okay. yeah, there's a, there's a bit of a story there. It's kind of a bit funny, <laughs> but, um, yeah, so we got down to the bottom and she, um, she put her, sh- her hiking shoe on. Um, well, actually, yeah, she put her hiking shoe on cause that was kind of the test that was going to be, if she can get her shoe on, um, and it's not too uncomfortable and it feels really supported, then like she might be able to hobble her way out. If she can't get a hiking shoe on, if it's too painful, we're going to have to strap it. And then it's going to be a different conversation. Like we're going to have to work out if we could do it together, if we're going to have to call someone in Brizzy to come and help um, or what. Because, you know, um, she's not a very big person. Like she's only a little bit taller and a little bit bigger than me, but like I'm quite a small person. You're a very small person. <laughs> I like when, to- <laughs> when you told me this story initially and you said you piggybacked her out, like because I don't know Rochelle, so yeah. I was just picturing someone <laughs> as tall as me, like just <laughs> completely smothering you on your back, which uh, I understand wasn't the case, but it yeah. still blows my mind that you I mean, yeah, carried I like- her. <laughs> I- I'm one of those people that it's like I can do it you know like, I'm fine um but yeah if it was anyone not her like I'm trying to think most of my climbing partners are a lot bigger than me and it would have been different if it was with one of them for sure um like our, our plan wouldn't have worked at all but um yeah so she got some food into her because um we hadn't uh eaten lunch I think it was about th- oh I think it was about 4 30 by that point because um I think the rock had hit about 3 30 it took us about an hour to wrap down Right, um, so you sort of were probably conscious that it was going to get we dark. We were soon thinking as well. about that too. Yeah, this so midwinter. Yeah, yeah, it was actually like reasonably close to getting dark. So we were like, right, we need to like, you know, figure it out. Yeah, yeah. figure it out pretty damn quick. So we were like talking about it on the way down, and I remember the first thing I did when we got down after um, checking that she could get her shoe in and and that she and after she had some food. Um, oh yeah, she had some Nurofen as well. We were like. I get some painkillers or get it going. Um, I just like messaged my housemate, Catherine, who's also a climber. And I was like, Hey, this is what's happening. Like, just to let you know where we figured out, like we figured out a way we're going to get out, but just like be aware so that, you know, we can call it it just monitor, like monitor the phone. I'm going to put my phone on airplane mode now, just like save battery, but yeah, just keep an eye. And she like replied to the text and was like, okay, hope you're like doing okay I'll just like keep an eye on it so we we kind of had this backup plan if all else failed we would you know call her and she'd organize a rescue team of people to come and help us out mm-hmm. but um we're like right we can do this ourselves um so yeah I um packed up all the gear while she was like having her food and um we found a couple of sticks because she was like right I think I can actually like she kind of put a little bit of pressure on the front of her foot she's like okay I can probably put a little bit on I could probably hobble my way out so um, yeah, we found some like big sticks and, um, and she tested it out and she was fine. It was like some, you know, bush, bush, um, bush crutches. Yeah. <laughs> Actually, it's a funny thing. She didn't want to give them up when they gave her real crutches at the hospital. She's like, can I use my bush ones? <laughs> um, she felt like such a badass. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> yeah. But, um, yeah, so we were like, all right, she was going to just start after she ate some food. Um, and then, because I really couldn't help her much for that first until she got down to the fire trail. Um, all I could do was clear the way, really, mm-hmm. and um, pick her up if she fell over. <laughs> like you know, there wasn't much else. It's quite a like if you ever get there, you'll see. You're like, oh, okay. Especially the last bit where there's the barbed wire fence on one side. Like you wouldn't want to be slipping over and both falling onto that. Like yeah, it wasn't very ideal. So yeah, the plan was she was gonna get as far as she could. While I packed up all the gear, ran it back to the car, ran back, and then 
the plan was that I like once we got the fire truck, I was going to piggyback her out um, as much as I could. Like there's, it's a little bit up and down. So um, probably like the really steep down bits, she'd try and walk because we didn't really want to both fall over. <laughs> but um, yeah, so yeah, I packed up the gear and she started on her way. And um, I kind of cleared the way a little bit for her when we got to the um, tree as much as I could, like just broke, you know, some branches that are in the way. But yeah, she told me that the way she did that was just um, she'd like put her crutches on one side, just like sit on it and then kind of tumble over and then like pick herself back up and keep going. (laughs) The beach whale classic. Yeah. The problem was the tree was like the branches were the thing over the past. So it was like such a pain in the butt. So she fell on the branches basically. Yeah, she she was just kind of like, she was just wailing it the whole way. I'm like, what you got to do? You got to do. Got to, got to. (laughs) So yeah, I um, hoofed it out, went back to the car, um, just like grabbed a few things. I think – um. Yeah, I just like kept a few things in a little backpack if we needed it and um, ran back. By the time, it was perfect timing. I got there, like cooeyed out and I heard her cooey back and she was like five minutes away. It was Amazing. so good. I know. It was, it had just gotten dark by that point. So I saw a little head torch coming down. I was like, yes, she's coming. <laughs> we're like, we're going to actually do this. That um, is a good uh, little life lesson right there. Always yeah. carry a head torch because Always. the one time you don't pack it is the one time you'll be out late. I know. And it's funny because like when, when we've been talking about this day, I was like, oh, yeah, it's not going to take us very long. I'm like, we'll probably go up and come down to a couple of single pitches like at the end, you know. Mm. It's like never works out that way. <laughs> but, um, yeah, so yeah um chuck the head torches on and she put the backpack on and I like she jumped on my back and we started to piggyback our way out and then a lifesaver happened this dog just came out of nowhere this like big dog and we, we're both dog people so we weren't like particularly scared but we we're just like where'd this dog come from we're like didn't feel like we were near anyone and um what followed the dog was this dad and daughter who lived like on this farm right nearby and they were just going out for an evening walk. And it was so lucky because it meant that, like, we explained, like, what had happened to us and all this stuff. And he was like, hey, my property is, like, 150 metres down the road. If you can get to the back corner of it, I can drive my ute around and drive you back to your car. And we were like, hell yeah. Like, this is going to save, like, 40 minutes of us just, like, trying to get, you know, piggybacking our way, stumbling our way out of this. How um, lucky is that? That's so like lucky. the perfect example of when something goes horribly wrong and you have terrible luck, but yeah. then off the back of that, everything that happens is really yeah. lucky. It's funny because we're kind of joking the whole way, like, uh, how, like, cra- like, I don't know, just how, like, funny it was all happening and we're kind of like, in secret, like we kind of talked to each other, like, oh, kind of would have been better if he didn't come because then we would have had like a better story to tell about how we'd like, you know, made our way and be like, yeah, we piggybacked to like out oh, the whole way. And yeah. I mean, but- still piggybacking <laughs> someone 150 meters, I think is extremely <laughs> impressive. And you ran all your gear, so her gear and your gear, yeah. down to the car. How far is that? Um, I'm not sure. A couple of k probably and then back again yeah. so i mean you did some case we did some work yeah, yeah i felt i always like in those situations when i can't do too much i always like oh, i feel a bit useless like i feel like i need to work hard because <laughs> she was there you know like 
and I was kind of like, oh, I can't really, you know, help you out. So I'm like, right, yeah, like I'll, you know, I'll, I'll, I'll be, I'll be helpful and I'll be yeah. the pack horse. And like, Want me to do 20 push-ups? I'll do yeah, 20 push-ups literally. while I'm here. <laughs> I'm like, I just gotta like, you know, make it look like I'm suffering as much as you are right now. But like, do you want me to dr- drop a rock on my foot too? <laughs> not that I would, no, I would definitely not do that. <laughs> um, no, yeah. So it was lucky that that he helped us out, and it was it was so nice. It turned what would have been like yeah a 40 minute hour long I don't know how long it would have taken us it was in the dark and we're getting tired and all that stuff so it would have been a lot longer to get out than it was um which was also lucky that we got out it was about like 6 30 when we got to the car um which was super lucky because it meant that we then drove into Pomona which is like two minutes down the road and um I ran down to the IGA um to just to like I was hoping it would be open and I went in there and um bought a bucket a thing of ice and a chocolate bar for her. <laughs> and I thought like it was the funniest thing. Like no one else knew what was happening, but like secretly I was like, oh my gosh, I feel like this is such a weird thing to be going and buying. <laughs> and I reckon if anyone works at any kind of supermarket and they ever see someone rock up with like buying a bucket, some ice and one single chocolate bar, they should probably ask some questions. <laughs> I'd be like, are you okay? Do you need me to call an ambulance? <laughs> <laughs> so um, yeah, we just like, chucked the ice in the bucket filled it up with some water and um yeah she put her foot in it and we drove the whole way back to Brisbane perfect with her icing her foot so it was really good um yeah so she got like instant kind of yeah yeah instant treatment and I saw a photo one of the photos were the last photo I think (laughs) was you maybe back at your place with the someone's dog drinking out of the bucket that's her foot at her place with her dog drinking out of the bucket yeah she um yeah she used that bucket for the next couple of weeks (laughs) right so it's mutually beneficial for everybody who lived in the house yeah it was perfect perfect. yeah (laughs) but yeah I remember us being in high spirits like we weren't put off I think because like you know she was one of those people that didn't um under pressure and under those kind of situations she doesn't um freak out and I think it's one of those things that you don't know until it happens with the person you with you know your group of friends or climbers that you know how people are going to react under it in a traumatic situation or in a like crisis or something or a, yeah just any kind of accident and it is one of those things afterwards like looking back, I'm like, you know, if that was with someone else, um, things could have been really different. And if it was someone who went into severe shock or, or just couldn't, um, you know, be here and now in like what was happening was too busy, like thinking about, Oh, what if this, what if that? And Oh my gosh. And my climbing and, you know, you're on this spiral and I can totally understand how that would happen. But if you don't like focus on just getting out and and being like getting out of the situation I think it could turn what would otherwise be like what we had a pretty you know chill rescue really like nothing major happened um could turn it into a bit of an epic so mm-hmm. um yeah For I think sure. I'm a bit conscious about that now but again it's one of those things like I'm I don't know with the people I go climbing with until something like that happens how they're going to react so or how I'm going to react you know if if that was me like I remember, yeah, when I was there and I was thinking, we we talked to each other and we're like, that could have been either of us. Like that wasn't, it wasn't because she did anything wrong or she did anything. It was just luck of the draw, unluck of the draw really, you know. Um, So, yeah, I think it is something to be aware of that when you go out climbing, especially to those kind of places, um, you need to be thinking about it 
and whether you are willing to put yourself in that in a potentially like sketch well I don't know like a potentially like rescue situation with that person and if you don't trust them or if you don't like no maybe it's better to go somewhere else until you're ready to to do that that's an interesting point and also mm. what you said about uh the fact that it was kind of just bad luck obviously mm. that the rock came loose and you know good luck that it didn't hit somebody's head or any yeah, other part of their sure. body um but is there anything that you think you might have changed or you know even in the way that you rescued even though it sounds like a pretty efficient rescue looking back on it is there anything that you kind of think might have worked better or yeah I think I think potentially like looking back at that spot you know upon retrospect I mean it's one of those things again like it's pretty hard to like there's not really an alternative as to like other than abseiling off that point so but it is one of those things that potentially I would have been a bit more aware of um, if the rope was like bumping against the rock, you know, as we're wrapping down, we might've been bouncing out a bit and, you know, having a good time being like, yeah, we're going down, you know, and you kind of kick out from the wall and that kind of thing, you know, that might've done it. Like, I really don't know, but I probably should have thought about the fact that we hadn't climbed up that way. So that was a, a point that we hadn't actually climbed over that rock, over that part of that, under that ledge. So any rock that was there, yeah, was untouched by us and I hadn't assessed it and hadn't looked at it. And so on the way down, I mean, yeah, it's one of those things like I'm trying to remember and think back because like I do, I feel like I do look at the, like I look at where my rope's running as I'm coming down, like is it on a sharp edge, but I'm not necessarily being like, is that rock like hollow and like knocking everything <laughs> on the way down? Like it's just, you know, when you're trying to get down, you're trying to get down. So I think probably um, now I'd be just more aware of like, am I bouncing out or anything like that? I think um, I probably would have tried not to wrap off the end of the rope. <laughs> I'm looking back at it because it made it made the next abseil a bit of a pain at the bottom um because the rope was all like bunched and weird so I probably I don't know like maybe I would have gone up to that higher point instead um so that we it was a couple of meters up it would have been a bit a bit more annoying though um but can you just clarify that actually so you uh you rappelled over to the anchor yeah. Um, and you pulled Rochelle over. Yeah. And explain again why it was you actually made the decision to abseil off the end of the rope. Yeah, because we couldn't, it was the rope was so stretched that we could not get our um, belay devices off it. So really like the only option that I could see us doing um, was – like we, we couldn't, I tried standing up to like get up high enough to, you know, unweight it, but it was so stretched. Like it was just not coming off. And it, I ran, it's amazing how much a dynamic rope can stretch. Oh yeah. It? And I think, I, you know, it's not often that you stretch them right to their very limit. And like, it was right to the limit. Like I'd moved the knots as far as you would reasonably move them. Like they were, it was right on the edge of what it could do. Um, so yeah, I, I tried like, you know, pulling up and, and it was just one of those things where, if we hadn't done that, we would have run more of a risk. Like, I just don't think we would have gotten off, but even if we could have, we would have run more of a risk of losing the Apple devices, you know, of it just like flicking completely off. But I honestly don't think, because it was going through it, that it, I would have been able to 
pull it through like it was yeah it was right on the edge of of it like you know there were probably people who had 70 meter ropes and they didn't go to that anchor they would have gone to those two points above you know um yeah so that was the decision it was really what else we going to do um and obviously we didn't want to both wrap off the end because then we would have lost our rope so um that was kind of yeah the course that of action that we decided to do Mm, Mm. yeah and one of the things about obviously you're in the QT cliffhangers Mm. the uni club which has a, a pretty exceptional um, reputation for learning rescue skills. Yeah. Like you have to basically, as a matter of course, you have to learn rescue skills like yeah. abseiling with a patient, like ascending a rope, that sort of mm. thing. Um, obviously it, it didn't come to that, but you no. considered abseiling with a patient at one yeah. point. Like those rescue skills, even just knowing you know them even if you don't yeah. use them is pretty comforting at a time like that I'd imagine yeah and it's one of those things though because like Rachel didn't know how like so she she'd done like um we have kind of different tiers of rescue skills so she'd done like the the first level and that's um you know rescuing yourself essentially so ascending a rope and abseiling passing a knot that kind of thing um so she if that was me and I was knocked out like I don't know what would happen, what would have happened, to be honest. Like, I'm sure she would have figured something out because she's pretty smart. But, like, it is one of those things, again, that, you know, there are so many people out there who just go climbing and, and wouldn't know what to do in that kind of situation or wouldn't have to have the practice or the skills to be able to do something. So, yeah, like, she'd never abseiled with a patient as far as I'm aware, unless, unless she'd done it once and was learning. But, like, she hadn't been signed off for that skill. Um, she didn't know how to... Um, escape a belay or anything um like that so not that that probably would have helped in <laughs> the middle of a, like rapping but you know like all those things when you have those kind of um skills yeah. and experiences like it, it just helps to kind of look at a situation and be like okay what could we do here mm. um I was just thinking the only other thing that I could have thought that we could have done was actually cut the rope we could have done that um I do have a knife on my harness so um if it came down to that but I thought like we want to save our rope because like we want to do the next 40 meter wrap so yeah uh, well it wasn't 40 meter wrap like you know it was it was the next one was quite close as well so um but yeah I guess that was something I could have could have done to cut it rather than wrap off the end of it um but it would have been essentially the same thing really Mm, Mm. which is another good tip carrying a rope on your harness I know oh sorry It's been a long day. Always carry a rope on your harness, kids. If there's one thing you learn out of this, carry a spare seventy meter rope. At that all would have times. actually that probably would have been the thing we like. So I would remember, I remember reading on the crag um, that you could do it in two um, like wraps with this two sixty meter ropes or four wraps with a seventy. So I had looked at it, and because we were a party of two, I was like, oh, we'll just go with my seventy meter rope. Like it'll be. Sweet. Um, but yeah, having if there was two parties on there and we had two ropes, it would have made it very different. You yeah. could have belayed on two ropes. Yeah, or just like wrapping down, we wouldn't have had to stop at that annoying anchor. Probably. <laughs> yeah. um, we would have been able to keep Oh, yeah. would we? No, we probably wouldn't. Oh I have to work out the mass. It would have been pretty close to the next anchor with two sixties actually. So maybe we would have had to stop there anyway. But we wouldn't have had to wrap off the end of the rope <laughs> and like hold hold each other while we fall <laughs> onto the ankle like oh that was not ideal <laughs> no that would have been terrifying <laughs> yeah honestly I've never like shock loaded an anchor and I did look at it first I was like is this you know 
don't want to. And to be honest, like I thought I was going to be able to hold her more than I did, but it was so quick that we're kind of like, whoa, and kind of, yeah, I did fall onto it a bit heavier than I would have liked to. Um, You're talking about when the rope kind of whipped through your yeah, belay device. Were yeah. you using an ATC? I was, yeah. So right. I didn't have a grigri at that stage. I only got a grigri recently. I, I always used a sum, but I never took them on multi pitches because they're kind of bulky and stuff. Mm. So yeah, we were both wrapping down on um, ATCs with prostate backups. Yeah. Mm. As soon as you get into that like multi pitch terrain, even even when it's sport climbing. Yeah. You just never know when an incident like that is going to require that you have those additional skills. Just even like you said, just to think about the options that are available to you. For sure. Because I think, you know, the more knowledge you have, the more you have to play with in those kind of situations. And your brain can just kind of go, bam, 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 like, these are all the things that we could do. What's going to be the most efficient, the best way out of here? Rather than if you only know one way, you're just going to have to do that way. And if it's not quite right and you have to make it work, then, you know, that's what you have to do. And sometimes it'll be all right, but sometimes like, you know, you might come across something that you're like, oh, I've never, I've never faced this issue before. Now what do I do? Like, I, I don't know how to get out of this. I'm, I'm stuck. And you get more stuck than if you just stay where you were kind of in the first place. So I think it is a... Um, something that a lot of people should consider is just, um, yeah, educating themselves through a, you know, someone, some way that is experienced and knows what they're doing, like those kind of rescue skills. Yeah, you can do courses at uh, Pinnacle or you yeah. can join a club like you're part yeah. of the, the uni club and there's a few of those that have, you know, varying levels of um, like sign-offs that you have yeah. to do in order to do certain Things. sort of activities with yeah, the club for sure um which is a really great way to learn right especially in this sort of day and age when it's harder and harder to find mentors just yeah. running into them in the gym you know yeah and I think as well like as a new person you don't necessarily know the quality of the mentor that you have <laughs> like if you're new you're kind of like oh yeah, if you want to go, we'll, we'll go climbing. Like, let's go do it. And you might not realize that they're actually super dodgy and don't know what they're doing and like teaching yeah. you all the wrong things. And yeah, who knows? But there are definitely people I think that are overconfident out there that probably need to, yeah, go back and learn it through um, a bit more of a reputable source. And I think it's good that the way you guys operate as well is that you, um, when you sign people off for, you know, certain skills, whether it's single pitch leading or multi-pitch leading, you have sort of corresponding levels of vertical rescue that you yeah, teach. Yeah, for sure. So you can't get signed off to climb unless you can self-rescue at that same level, Exactly, right? yeah. So to become a multi-pitch leader, you need to have that um, secondary rescue skills um, level. So that's about the abseiling with the patient, those kind of things. So um, at the point that Rachel and I went, I was – that sign off and um like a multi-pitch leader so I'd done I'd like ticked that all off but um I think she was either a single pitch or a beginner leader I can't remember actually what she was so she she'd done the first level which is what you need to become a beginner leader so when you first start leading you should be able to rescue yourself oh well in in the sense that you should be able to cross a cup of rope um abseil down pass a knot change ropes um when you're abseiling and also tie for belay so if anything happens to the person you're climbing with you can do something like even if it's not yeah you can you can kind of get that process started 
Yeah, always take a first aid kit too. <laughs> yeah, I love that. Yeah. And, and wear a helmet. Yeah, and wear a helmet, yeah. And wear your shoes when you're abseiling. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> she lost her thong. She never found her thong. I, I forgot to ask about that. It was that. sad. Very yeah. sad. We were like, now sad. we've just littered, damn it. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, and lost a plugger. What a tragedy. A true, the true tragedy yeah. of this story is the lost plugger. Yeah. I'm curious if you would go back and climb that route again. Oh, for sure. Yeah. yeah. I think it would actually be quite a good thing to do. And it's funny because um, I think it would be a good thing for Rachel to do too, actually. Um, I probably I probably would do it with two ropes just to make that easier, that um, abseil. Yeah, she, um, she was all good. Yeah, she um, turned out it wasn't broken. It was just really badly bruised. And it took her like eight or ten weeks before she could climb, lead climb again. Which is quite a long time, really. Yeah. Well, I um, guess you got to wait. Like, if you look at the photos, her foot was pretty swollen, was, and you got yeah. to jam your foot into that climbing shoe. It's going to yeah. take a while. And I mean, she got quite a few X-rays and stuff to make sure it wasn't broken because, like, it was it was still really swollen. And and they were, you know, with feet, they say that um, you can sometimes get a scan and it won't show up, and mm. then you get another one and it does. So um, she, her mum's a nurse and. Her mum was kind of like, oh, at first I think her mum was like, oh, no, like it's it's not too bad. But then they went back and got a few, um, like an MRI and that kind of thing. And, yeah, it turned out it wasn't, but it was like probably as bad as you can get before it gets broken or fractured. Um, yeah, so it was a bit of a recuperation period for her, which was a bit sucky. Um, yeah. But, yeah. But yeah. you both survived. We did. We did. We lived to tell the tale. And we were like, it was it was fun, actually. Like, it was a good bonding experience. I don't want to say fun. It was like a good bonding experience for us. And we definitely got closer because of it. And I think, you know, yeah, we definitely like grew a bit together. Because, you know, before that, I'd never been anywhere. I'd never been in a like emergency rescue situation like that, or climbing like that before. And not that it was, yeah, that bad, but um. I think it was just good to see how we both acted under pressure. Um, yeah, it was kind of cool how it all how it all happened. Hmm. Izzy, thanks for sharing your story with no me. No worries. Thanks for yeah having me come along and share the story. I was <laughs> a little bit nervous because I've listened to like all the podcasts and they're all pretty epic. And I was like, oh, my story's not very epic. <laughs> it's not about epic though but so much. I dragged it out enough for it. To- <laughs> It's more about like what people can learn from that experience. And I think like people can relate to that, you know, I mean, that's something that could happen on any client that could happen on Zeitgeist, you know? Yeah, for sure. So yeah, it's, it's relevant. And also the fact that you were similar rapping required, you know, problem solving skills and, you know, it's unconventional. Yeah. Really. It's a bit of an unconventional way to descend. Yeah. So. I think if there's one thing anyone can take away from this, it's that similar wrapping is not ideal until it is ideal. <laughs> <laughs> Thank you, as always, for listening to The Bail List. You know, I really want to give all members of the climbing community a voice on this podcast, so please reach out if you've got a fail, bail or epic you want to share. Thanks to Awesome Woodies and Wild Earth for the ongoing support. My respect to the Gubby Gubby people, the traditional custodians of the land where this story took place, and to their elders, past, present and emerging. 
Now, ordinarily at this point in the podcast, I would be playing you a snippet of next month's episode, but unfortunately, uh, some pretty hectic technical difficulties befell us, and we actually have to record, uh, re-record the next episode because of that. But I am really, really excited for you guys to hear it. I'm talking to a Gold Coast trad dad about the controversial art of free soloing. He's been climbing for 40 years and some of the stories he told me just absolutely blew my mind. And I think they'll blow yours too. So please do stay tuned. Follow us on Instagram and Facebook at The Bail List. And until next time, stay safe, watch out for your mates and most importantly, have a bloody good time. 